When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with the battle for Ohio. Browns, Bengals, beat down. Did a sleeping giant wake up last night in the Buckeye State? Meanwhile, tick, 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 eight hours and counting. Will one of these teams make the one move that changes everything by today's NFL trade deadline? And then finally, the first four, the rankings are tonight. We'll tell you the one thing you need to notice because it will make all the difference at the finish. All that and more as we get up with you starting right now. Hope you're enjoying the last <laughs> We're all hopped up on the Halloween candy. I'm not going to lie to you. The trick-or-treating was uh, extremely good last night. RG3 made it despite some car issues. Jeff's right in Graziano's got stories as today is the trade deadline, but last night was the battle for Ohio, and one team thoroughly dominated. Let's pick it up. There's Joe Burrow. Looking to build on a huge week last week. Oh, it's Halloween night. And the fans in Cleveland not happy, but they'd be happy with this. It was Miles Garrett putting on a show, Jeff. Yeah, even when you do your job, you don't do your job against Miles Garrett. He's butting a lot of scrimmage, still jumps up, calls the interception. Devastating for that Bengals. But this is much more devastating. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, the spin. Oh. Should be illegal for a man of that size, <laughs> that weight, that speed to be that agile. That spin move, my God, nobody can stop it. Hey, just put your hands up. He's better than me, coach. Meanwhile, on the other side, Robert Griffin III. What exactly are they doing here? Amari Cooper, he's going to throw it. Amari, you got to make sure we finish the play with the ball. That's why wide receivers <laughs> don't play quarterback. That's the same thing Aikman said last night. Von Bell with the pick, uh, but Amari Cooper would make up for it later. We'll call that foreshadowing. Here he comes. Brissett, Cooper, Browns in the red zone. Yes, doing exactly what he should do, catching the football. <laughs> and that would lead to this. Look, Jeff, the power from Nick Chubb. This is what we should be doing. Exert your will, score with your man down. That's what that Browns O-line just did. They get the two, so it's 8 nothing, And then more Joe Burrow stripped late in the half. The pass rush was all over him all night. Bengals down 11 nothing at the break. Third quarter, Jacoby Brissett. We don't talk a lot about his wheels. He doesn't run it a lot, RG3. But when he does, he can do this. Yeah, who would have thought that Jacoby Brissett would have the first touchdown in the second half against the Bengals defense on a scramble For the real. whole year. Unbelievable. 18-0 Cleveland. So desperation time, Cincinnati. But there'd be no good, nothing good here. Burrow five sacks last night. Yeah, listen, he was under assault the entire night. And listen, once they got the lead, their ears were pinned back. Bengals offensive line stood no chance. And then we mentioned Amari Cooper looking to make amends. He was terrific last night. Yes, he was terrific. Big time game. And then here in the red zone, hey, you might not want to go one-on-one with the guy who's got more receiving touchdowns than the entire team combined. Five catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Amari Cooper's dead. Browns win huge. 32 to 13 in a statement win and one of the big storylines coming out of this game we talked all last year about how the Bengals offensive line was going to get Joe Burrow killed well they've given up 30 sacks again this season despite all the changes and all the additions 
Only the Bears have allowed more. Cincinnati is the, among the worst teams in terms of pass block win rate. Mm. And keep in mind, Joe Burrow is fourth fastest in the NFL in getting the ball out of his hand. And, and those stats are important oh. to put context to this, Jeff, because Ooh. sometimes the, stat, uh, the, the, the sack statistic can be a little bit misleading because the quarterback holds on to the yeah. ball. Burrow's getting rid of the yeah. ball. He's just under duress constantly. There's nothing misleading about this. It, it was appropriate it was on Halloween because it's an absolute nightmare. I mean, this is an absolute <laughs> nightmare. For an offensive line, I had to get up here and try to explain to you why they keep getting whipped the way they are. It's, it's nearly impossible. And here's the facts. Burrow does a good job of trying to get rid of the football, but with no run game. They haven't gotten Mixon going pretty much the entire season. And then they get down to a Browns football team who wants to play ground and pound and then let their defensive line pin their ears back. Miles Garrett is a different breed anyway, but once they had that idea in their head, they could pin their ears back and come at them. The, the O-line stood no chance, and it got it went from really bad to worse in a hurry. And Joe Burrow, you just thank God he's healthy because without Jamar Chase, they really don't have much of a chance. Keep him healthy. That's all you can ask. Well, that's the thing, and they're playing without Jamar Chase, who's out four to six weeks with that hip injury, and oh, you'd yeah. say to yourself, well, what does that have to do with their offensive line getting dominated? It actually does. Yes. Yeah, it has everything to do with it. Jamar Chase's ability to win and win fast allowed Joe Burrow to get the ball out quick. <laughs> exactly and he has right. those, those yak yards we talk about all the time. Mm. His ability to take a 10-yard completion and turn it into a 40-yard gain was extremely missed. But you saw that stat there at the bottom of the screen. 29 sacks this year, 99 sacks in the last two seasons. Their offensive line – after an ACL tear. After an ACL tear. Yeah, and unreal. they poured so much money into that offensive line. Last year, 30th in pass block win rate. Yeah. Guess what they are this year? Ooh. 30th. Not good. Didn't matter. And, and, and they remain 32 teams, uh, the same as they were a year ago. <laughs> and so, Don Graziano, as we watched last night, these two teams in the AFC North and the battle for Ohio yeah. bragging rights and everything else, you had a fairly interesting take coming out of that game. I, it was a great day for the Baltimore Ravens, right? I mean, in the afternoon, <laughs> in the afternoon, they trade for Roquan Smith, right. who's like a real, like a potential real missing piece guy yeah, on the absolutely. defense. And then they watch the Bengals get get manhandled in their first game without uh, Jamar Chase. The Ravens. They do not play another team that currently has a winning record. Wow. They got better yesterday. Their closest competition in the division got worse yesterday. It was, it was a good day for Baltimore. That was my takeaway from the Browns-Bengals game was that it was a good day for Baltimore. Well, but, but, and I thought that was an interesting way of looking at it because it would also suggest that maybe neither of these two teams we saw last night, both of whom started the season thinking Super Bowl thoughts, should be thinking that way anymore. Look, the Browns, they fell hopelessly behind the eight ball. They, they may not be able to get their way right. back, even with Deshaun. But how about the Bengals? They were a Super Bowl team a year ago. Can they recover? No, nah, not without Jamar Chase. And, and, and we, I think Robert did a great job of talking about it. The, what he allows you to do is get the ball out of your hand, but win after the catch. And the problem for them is that supplements their run game. If you can't run us and establish a line of scrimmage, you have no chance to get rid of the ball quickly. And again, it's not their other receivers. It's just his ability to do things after the catch that makes him so special. That's what was so alarming last night, right? Everyone's been able to run it on the Browns. Exactly. Yeah. And they hardly even tried. It just tells yeah. you what the state of that run game is. Yeah. yeah, and even Jamar Chase's ability to change how a defense plays you. Yes. Defenses play zone because they want to slow down the quarterback. They want to slow down the passing game. The, the Browns played zone last night and got after the got quarterback. After no one wants to play zone against Jamar Chase because of that run after the catchability. The Bengals only had 10 rushing attempts in the game last yeah. night, only nine from their running backs. They only ran 45 offensive plays on the whole night, so they really got manhandled. And how much yeah. do we start to worry? Look, RG3, you, you were a uniquely athletic quarterback with the ability to sort of um, maybe fend for yourself a little bit back there better than most. A Burrow can move around a little yep. bit. 
But at what point do you start worrying this gets in his head? We marveled at his ability last year to block out all of that and get his team to the Super Bowl. But this is the second straight year of this. Yeah, I don't think it gets into his head. And uh, the way I look at it for Joe Burrow is that losing Jamar Chase was such a big deal. He was just starting to get used to making those adjustments. Right. I said no one wants to play zone against Jamar Chase. They also don't want to play man because he can beat you in such a quick way. But Joe Burrow's plays that he actually made in the game all came with him either having to escape something in the pocket or the right. touchdown pass to T. Higgins was just a special play, mm-hmm. and he even got hit on that throw. That's right. So I don't think it gets in his head. You see Joe Burrow, they call him Joe Shiesty. Yeah. He's not going to be affected by this. In the meantime, the NFL weekend comes to an end with that game, and then mm-hmm. today – it starts all over again. Tick, 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 tick. Here's the clock. We are seven minutes and 52, excuse me, seven hours and 52 minutes away from the NFL trade deadline. Who will make the move today that changes absolutely everything? Will it be the Green Bay Packers? It would be uncharacteristic, but they are three and five this year. They've lost four straight. Yesterday, their head coach, Matt LaFleur, was asked about his team's mindset as the deadline approaches. Here's what he said. Yeah, we've been having those conversations for weeks now and it, it, it really comes down to, to opportunity if the right opportunity presents itself I know that Goody's all on board of, of trying to upgrade our roster you're always trying to do that but um, we're not gonna just do a silly deal are you open to being sellers if that if the right situation comes I hope not but you know you just you never know <laughs> That's an excruciatingly uncomfortable exchange, right? I mean, could, could anything be more uncomfortable than that exchange just was? Your thoughts, Dan? Yeah, I think first, my first thought was, like, you have Aaron Rodgers, you're paying him $50 million a year, you're not going to be sellers. My second thought was, how many players on the Packers roster would people really want in a trade right now? I mean, they're, not, they're not very good. So I, I think, look, they're obviously interested in upgrading if they can. We've talked about this over and over again. The Packers historically do not like to trade draft picks for players. It makes them uncomfortable. Uh, they like to be a, a, a big-picture, long-term thinking organization. But man, they are so shredded at that position, that wide receiver position, they may just need to make a move to get another body in there. I mean, I feel like you have represented the Packer front office on this show for a long time. Yes, and I've yelled has. at you repeatedly. Yes, you got to make a deal for a yes, receiver and has. you keep staying. I feel like even you have come over. Over now well, and just, said they need to make a deal for I a receiver. I'm just trying to explain sort of how they think. Right? I don't mean that. I mean you have stood in for them on yeah, this show. Like they, 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 they always they want to be you know a contending team every single year and not mortgage the future for right now. And so that's why we see them poke around on wide receivers every year at the trade deadline. But we almost never see them make the move. Uh, so what is the price and, and what are you going to get? Do you want to go get pay the price for a Jerry Judy or a Brandon yes. Cooks? Or do you want to do a lower-level move that just sort of bolsters your, your wide receiver room and gives you more options? I'm at the game the other night. They, you know, they want to run the ball, sure, but they had a package of plays in for Christian Watson. He gets a concussion on the first series. They can't use him anymore. They're already down Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. I mean, they just, they just need more people at that position in order to run their offense. All right, RG3 can tell you exactly what they should do. What is it? Yes, they should go get Brandon Cooks. 100%. The guy is a proven playmaker at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Nine seasons, he's had six 1,000-yard seasons with a plethora of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He's been successful every yeah. stop That's along right. his journey. And when you talk about Aaron Rodgers and his propensity to not really find a rhythm with rookie receivers, this guy's a veteran who's produced with so many guys over the years, it could definitely happen. Now, I know the money might not make sense, 
But the bottom line for the Packers is their plan this year was to go in, play yeah. great defense, yep. run the football, and allow their receivers to develop. Right now, they're leaning on their weakest position yeah. because their run game is uh, their run stop ability is terrible on defense, ranked 29th in the league. And it's putting too much pressure where the pressure is breaking the. The pipe. money is just to be on Brandon Cook. Yeah, it's so they redid the deal. Houston year. did. It's 18 million next year, fully guaranteed. So if you're trading draft picks and then you're taking on that salary for next year, that's a lot for. It. So that's why he's an interesting name to watch. How much would Houston be willing to pay versus how much are they getting back in a trade? It'd be interesting to see if because there are a number of teams have called on him. Let's yeah. put the money in the draft picks to the sign for a minute. Would Brandon Cooks be the solution to all? to many of the problems that Aaron Rodgers has right now. No. Listen, they, 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 they are a predictable offense that, will, that has not changed this entire season, and they should have changed. And here's the scariest part. What they did against the Bills is how they're going to win. That's a fact. <laughs> right. Like, they went through Jones. They went through Dylan. Now, they played a better team in the Buffalo Bills who jumped out to a big lead. But that's how they have to play to win games yeah. because they take pressure off the defense that hasn't measured up. And to, to Robert's point, they take the pressure off the weakness of their offense, yep. which is which is receivers who they haven't gotten into rhythm with, with, uh, with, with uh, Aaron uh, and so Aaron Rodgers. So when you think about this football team, they're in trouble. And, and, and listen, I like LaFleur. I think he's done an excellent job. But this season, they have lacked in opportunities to make big plays because they are so predictable as an offense. And so one player to me, besides Devontae Adams, wouldn't, wouldn't change. You know, doesn't change much. Give me a final real. word. He'd be a good fit. <laughs> Devontae <laughs> Adams would be perfect. Perfect fit. If we could pick up the offense and develop a chemistry with Aaron exactly. Rodgers. Exactly. Oh, a little time. Exactly. A lot of sense. A quick final word on the offense. I've had a lot of people up here have been critical of just the offensive scheme they've run. What right. do you see? I, don't, I wouldn't be so critical of the scheme. I think they're doing what they have to do to try to win. You bring up Devontae Adams. They made a plan when they got rid of him or when they let him go and traded him away. Their plan was to play great defense, load up, but this is not the defense that they paid for. They didn't pay Devondre Campbell yeah. and uh, Jair Alexander and all these guys and brought Rasul Douglas back in order for them to go out there and say, hey, we're going to be down 17, yeah. and we're going to continue That's to right. run the football yeah. to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. That's not a recipe for success against the big teams, but I do think that they make the playoffs. I'll, I'll, let me say this. Everybody talks about Devontae Adams. There's a huge – Zadarius Smith, yeah. th- oh, who's yeah. now with the Minnesota Vikings, oh, yeah. was a massive loss for the Green Bay Packers. Mm. He is a freaking dude, and when I say that, I can't put more respect on his name than that. Oh, yeah. The guy is an animal, and they, they miss his energy and his ability. So they have seven hours and 46 minutes. Go get uh, Zadarius Smith and Devontae Adams. Perfect. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back, we'll back in get the guys I bet you they go. can win 13 games. <laughs> uh, coming up, it has been a season to forget for Tampa Tom. What can the Bucks do today to turn things around? for the greatest of all time. Plus, with the first college football playoff rankings coming out tonight, we have one versus two this weekend. What happens to the loser of Georgia, Tennessee? Mr. Feinbaum will weigh in. Don't miss it on the way. It's Get Up on ESPN. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. 
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Back on Get Up, we are brought to you by the new Sonic 2 for $5 menu for a limited time only at Sonic. All right, back to the NFL. It's a critical week for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They've lost three straight. He hasn't done that since 2002. They have a big game against the Rams on Sunday. Yesterday on his Let's Go podcast, Brady was talking about dealing with all the issues in his life, both on and off the field. You know, I think there's a lot of professionals in life that go through things that they deal with that work and they deal with it at home. And obviously the good news is things that it's a very amicable situation. And I'm really focused on two things, taking care of my family and certainly my children. Secondly, doing the best job I can to win football games. Losing sucks. And we've put a lot into winning just like every team does. And no one's feeling sorry for the Bucks. We know that. And we got to go change it. So I think the attitude is you know, there's no surrender. Who cares what happened? In the past eight weeks, our record is what it is. We're not changing it. And, uh, you know, it's a big challenge for us. So we're going to see what we're made of. And I think time will tell all. So there's a man who has been saying for months now that he's had a lot of things going on in his life. We now know what they are. We wanted you to hear because they were really his first public comments on the situation. And then we turn to the football side of this. We all saw them on Thursday night. They looked really bad. The good news is the division has not run away from them. We'll get to the trade possibilities in a minute. But, Jeff, just based on what you've seen, can Brady and this Buccaneers team turn this around completely in the second half and become something that looks like a real contender by the end of Absolutely the year? Absolutely can. And to your point, it's because of the division that they're in, right? So you, you go when you get a home playoff game. But this football team is built right. And when we looked at their roster preseason and thought about once guys got healthy, whether it be Godwin and Julio Jones coming over for the addition, whatever those things look like, they still have that ability. They played poorly. And here's the deal. Three days for the Baltimore Ravens after you've just gotten walked before, that was a tough draw for them. The 10 days, I think, will be a huge benefit because you saw so many times against that Ravens defense where Brady and Evans weren't on the same page. Mm -hmm. A lot of details in there that you don't see Brady miss very often, 
that was missed, whether it was what the route was when they were converting and what the receiver was seeing and he was seeing. I think all of those things over these 10 days get addressed and the fine focus really comes back. Again, this defense has got to carry them. We talked about it all season. They haven't run the ball well, but those are the two most important things, getting back on the same page with the receivers and that defense playing better. Well, he bring up a good point, Robert. I mean, how do we explain this? This is Brady and Evans. They're not new to each other. Right. That no. chemistry should be there regardless. And how many times, just that last shot you saw there, the two of them looking at each other like, what did you think I was going to do? <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, you've been in right. that situation. What do you see from the Bucks and from Brady that suggests this could get much better? Well, uh, what you guys are all saying, everything is out of sync right now for them. But they played as bad as humanly possible and still are going to win their division. They're one game back. Mm-hmm. Right. The Atlanta and Falcons. They beat the Falcons, right? The Atlanta Falcons are, are, are in the lead in the division at four and four. No one thought that the Falcons would be in the lead right now. Everyone was picking the Bucks and the Saints. But for me, it all starts up front for them. The great Brady teams, the team that won the Super Bowl, had a great running game. They had balance in the passing game with play action. So they're not going to find an offensive lineman here during the trade deadline that's going to really help bolster their front. Maybe they can get my man Jeff Saturday to come out of retirement. Yeah. But yeah. aside from Green, that. Greeny pays me way too well. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, the Bucks are really looking at how do we manufacture a running game. Right now they're last in the league, 32nd in the league in rushing yards per game. They have playoff Lenny, but he hasn't played that way, and their right. line hasn't given him those holes. But they have weapons on deck. They got Mike Evans, Godwin. You talk about Julio Jones coming back, uh, Russell Gage. So for the Bucks, I just think it's this 10-day break, yep. exactly what they needed. Brady's working on the things that are going on in his life behind the scenes, and now he has some finality. I think that now they're going to make that push, and their defense is going to have to accept the challenge exactly right. to carry them until their offense gets on the right pitch. Do you hear anything about them in the trade conversations? Not a ton because, you know, as Robert mentions, it's not like there's a lot of interior offensive linemen that are available uh, at this time of year. I am too, curious. Too valuable. To just say it's right, too, too right. valuable. They're too <laughs> costly, <laughs> and, and you can understand why. Exactly. I will say, look, the Shaq Barrett injury on defense, oh. it, it changes things for yes. them. There are a couple of young edge rushers that may be available, right? Bradley Chubb in Denver, Josh Allen in Jacksonville. I do wonder if they get in on some of those conversations in light of that particular injury, which, which could be major impact one. Yeah, but that, that, we haven't identified that as their primary problem, right? They're getting run on, which is right. a completely uncharacteristic. The book has always been, well, you can't run on Tampa. That's the one right. thing you know you can't do. And then the other part has been Brady looking out of sync with his receivers. The other thing that we thought was the last thing in the world that we would see. Right. I can't decide if that's good news or bad news. Maybe it's good news because those are things should be fixable right. based upon the personnel they have. Yeah, they're fixable based off the personnel they have, but there's two pieces missing on either side of the ball. What are they? Okay, we, are, we already know on offense it's Rob Gronkowski not right. being. Uh, okay, I don't want to jump in the river. but <laughs> And the second the second. Yeah, well, We'll come back to that. Go ahead. The second part is Indomitian Sue. Okay? When yeah, you, when you well. talk about a player who's still out there and is available, they don't have to trade for him. They can go sign him off the street. I know he might not be the cheapest guy, especially now that he's shown or they've shown that they need him. Right. What they need is that presence. They need that leadership. Brady has always been a, a revol- you know, revered leader during, during his career. But Gronk brought energy to that offense that they're missing right now, and Indomitian Sue brought an edge to that hmm. defense that they yeah. no longer have. I hadn't thought of that. What, yeah, what do you have He's that? sitting there like he's waiting for the right opportunity. It, it, it makes some sense. And you talk about, is he expensive? You only have to pay him for half the year now. There you go. Right? So I, I wouldn't, I mean, I guess I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I, I, my understanding is he still wants to play. Yeah. As the conversation goes on today, we'll figure out who we think is going to win that division because, to Jeff's point, whoever it is, even if they're under 
or 500. They're going to host a playoff game, and then you yes. never know what might happen. <laughs> Carolina with their crazy season. New Orleans with a big win this past week, and obviously Tampa Tom sitting there. All right, as we roll along, after an enormous Sunday against the Bears, there were now calls for Tony Pollard to be the Cowboys' number one running back. We will tell you why that just might be a terrible idea as we roll on. Get up on ESPN. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back on Get Up and the clock is ticking. We are seven and a half hours away from the NFL trade deadline. Who will make the one move today that changes absolutely everything? Will it be the Cowboys? We're going to Dallas where the boys are in an unexpected arms race in the best division in football yesterday, Stephen Jones was asked about his willingness to act aggressively before the trade deadline. Here's what he said. At the right situations there, uh, we're always looking uh, to make our team better, and obviously we're very much in the uh, thick uh, of a championship run this year. So uh, absolutely, if we see the, uh, the right situation that presents itself, uh, you, you know Jerry as well, who has the final call on this. Uh, he's an aggressive guy. I sounded like Stephen from the plane. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but one way or another, uh, you know, he said the same thing they all say. Well, if the right situation presents itself. But then he's a Jones, so he's got to throw in. But we're making a championship run this year, oh, yeah. which at least <laughs> makes it a little bit of fun. Okay, let's start with the Cowboys. They made a move last week. Should we expect anything more from them today? I mean, look, I think they're, they're looking around, but... They, the Cowboys think they're good, and, and, and I think they're right. Uh, so if you make a move, it has to upgrade you. Uh, like, if you think, let's, we're going to go get a wide receiver, but we also have James Washington coming back, who we liked in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you're going to trade for somebody who's, who's a lot better than James Washington, fair. That, that's fine. But I don't know that they're, that they're going to just go out there to make They did make a move last week. 
get the D tackle, Jonathan Hankins. That fills a need. He played well yep. uh, on Sunday. So I think they, they'd be open to upgrades, but I think it has to be an upgrade. So if someone like me were to say <laughs> the Cowboys, as constituted, based in particular on what we saw from that offense on Sunday against Chicago, look like a Super Bowl team yep. right now, what would someone like you say? Oh, I'd say 100%. You're correct. They do look like a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. They figured it out at the running back position, uh, running the ball through those two guys, not putting too much on Dak Prescott. And he can be a game manager for like half of their games for the rest of the season, and they're going to win them. They scored 42 points on offense in this yeah. past game, mm-hmm. 49 total because obviously Michael Parsons, Parsons had the return for a touchdown. But that's a lot of points for a Cowboys team that had only scored 41 in the previous two combined. Mm-hmm. So I think they have figured it out. I'm actually extremely uh, proud of Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore because these two guys have wanted to throw the football Every stop they've ever been, obviously Kellen's only been in Dallas, right. but back in college he was a toss-it-around-all-over-the-field yeah. type of guy, and he brought that mentality to the boys. I'm glad that they learned that the best thing for their team this year is to run the football. And let's circle back to something that we said before the break, and we heard it yesterday, and you see the numbers at the bottom of your screen, Pollard and Elliott. A lot of calls for Tony Pollard after the explosive day on Sunday to become the lead back. Make him your starter. You like that idea? Absolutely not. That's why you can't have nice things in Dallas, because you always want to screw stuff up. Thank God Jerry is a voice of reason, and we know he always is, because he told the people what they needed to hear. This thing goes through Ezekiel Elliott. I am not saying that Pollard isn't more explosive than Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not saying he's not a good running back. He deserves to be paid all of those things. But you do not disrupt your locker room when things are going this well. And by the way, Elliott will be a ground and pound type back. He will make plays for you. And it does go through Elliott and then Pollard is the other guy. I heard, I talked to Swagoo yesterday on this. He's telling me to put Pollard. No, 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 no. Let Pollard be what he is, an explosive running back when he gets his touches. But you're going to have to have both anyway. Don't mess it up. Thank goodness for Jerry Jones. RG3. It's a fascinating way of putting that. RG3, how many touches a game should Tony Pollard be getting? I think he should be getting 20 touches a game. But my man Jeff Saturday said it exactly right. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. right now, Zeke is the guy that takes the brunt of all the issues, right? He, he's, you know, averaging four yards a carry or something like that. But Pollard in the game, I can go through and tell you how many carries he's had throughout the season, but that doesn't matter. What matters is, in this last game, 14 carries, that's the most in his career. Mm-hmm. 14 carries. Don't try to load him up and give him the ball 20, 25 times right. and then be upset when he's not the same guy down the stretch in the playoffs. That's the point. That, that's that, exactly that right. is the thing. And I'm not saying he can't handle it. I'm yeah. saying this year, for what the Cowboys are doing. For the doing, betterment of the team. For the betterment of the team. Do not I mean, change the recipe. It has just the right season. Yes. He's been on their team for four years. Yeah. Like, they know who he is. Yeah. And they know how to get the most out of him. Right. 14 carries is a real nice number for him. Yes, he yes. can thrive at that number. If you start getting it to 20, 25, you don't know what what's going to happen so it, it's working with the two of them I would go right back to and let me ask one more question about them before we get to the pancakes how about Dak all oh, these questions what did good. you see from him on Sunday he's <laughs> three weeks ahead of schedule and I, I mean that in all sincerity like I did not expect and you, you talked about the points and the differential all those things he threw two off target throws out of 27 he just had his thumb in pins in a cast, came off one week where he was a little sluggish, and then lit it up against the Bears. Saw the field well, and everybody's giving Kellen Moore a ton of credit. Great, he should. When you throw 
25 of 27 balls on target in the NFL, you are doing something. Dak Prescott is way ahead of where I expected him. And again, part of the reason why you're saying this is going to be a Super Bowl contender is because when he gets back into the, in the rhythm, he gets back this fast, ooh, this is, a, this is a team that will push and push everybody. Second best team in the NFC right now. Behind Philadelphia. Behind Philadelphia. And could – Keep, keep going this way, could be pushing that thing as well. We'll see. They, they, Philly still has to come to Dallas later in the season. It's yep. actually the only game our analytics don't favor the Eagles to win. So it's going to be fascinating. Ooh. Suddenly the NFC East is clearly the best division in the NFL. Okay, all of this I think has sort of set the table and given us an appetite. It's time to serve up the oh, pancakes. Yeah. Pancakes is one of our favorite things. So let me show you how we're going to get this thing started. Get it Get it Let's go. We back, baby. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. You can't stop us, right? You can't stop us. Dominique Foxworth just spanked pancakes on get up. We are back. All right, here we go. RG3 loves the pancakes. Jeff loves the pancakes. This is the best, hey, this is the best dressed pancakes we've ever had. No question. <laughs> I mean, my man is knotted up looking good. I appreciate that. We are getting this thing going, y'all. Hey, we might have had some fun. We're taking it back to my home, UGA. Georgia Bulldogs, watch right here. My man, Brody, get some of this. Oh, my goodness. Take him. Finish him in the ground. That is a thing. Of, listen, when the defensive lineman is catching like this, you are in trouble. There's a guy, hey, you see that trainer coming? Around the bend. Get out the way, my man. Got it's flat backs and felt it. I love my man coming out there and getting him. Oh. Look at the leg. Oh. Let me tell you something. Kirby Smart rewound that play 20 times in a team meeting to show him what that is. One pancake because it is a little guy, but I respect you putting the hammer down and finishing strong. Number two, hey, little guy, receive it. Are you serious? Jabril, Jabril Peppers catching him, receiving oh and dumped him. This thing right here, it does not get any prettier. Oh. I mean, you are Ooh. just mauling that human being. And look at him lay on top of him. Listen, if Foxworth were here, he wasn't on vacation, I would show him to say, that's what happened. Just lay on him. That's what you do, oh, my man. Goodness. Show him what's oh. up. That's little on little crime, but two pancakes. Receive that. I love it. <laughs> Gotta have some fun with Jabril Peppers. Bill Belichick, big time win. Hey, Rosner right here. I want to see. I want you to show this. This okay. is a train coming down the track. Yeah. Get out the way. Oh. Listen, if you're a defensive back, why would you stand like this as you see that grown man running down at you? I mean, he gave oh all that you could give. Listen, make a business decision, but you got a long career, longevity matters in the NFL. Get out the way. Get out the way. Three pancakes for that big man laying the hat. Uh, but I'm told I, there's a play that everyone was tweeting me we have to show. Oh, uh -oh. listen. Lin Linderbaum, I want, to, I want you to keep showing. Right there. Oh. Give me that Thursday night. So it's been a little bit of time. We've oh had some time. Goodness. But I want you to see. Look at him lock on. Devin ha, White. Ha, got him. Ha, We're ha, steering ha, him. Ha, We're ha. steering him. It's like a little car. We're steering him. <laughs> and finish him. And don't give me somebody was behind him. I know all that. That's why I didn't make the pancakes. But oh, that is man. nastiness and a beautiful finish by Linderbaum right there. Now, wait. Woo! Now, that's fair enough. But. Swagoo texted me. He's not here today, but he said, make sure oh. if he shows the Linderbaum block oh. that Vita Vea got him. Oh, wow. No. Vita Vea no. on Linderbaum. Wait a minute. Oh, wow. Swagoo. So uh -oh. That's why he was so upset. All right, listen. Listen. Yeah. This, this is the typical 
Throw it! God, throw it! That's what Linderbaum said. That's a lookout block. They have slapped that hand down. <laughs> full panic mode. Try to grab. Throw it! Throw it! Look at Oh, my swimming swim. on us. Swagoo, if you ain't here, don't send nothing into us. I don't need none of that from you nonsense. Oh, Swagoo man. getting his revenge. Oh. Vita Vea getting his revenge. <laughs> the pancakes well served. As we continue, huge day in college football. Huge week. First playoff rankings coming out tonight. Tennessee and Georgia set for this weekend. We need Heather and Paul. And they're joining us live next as the pancakes are flying on this Get Up ESPN. So good. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Back on Get Up and on trade deadline day, the Baltimore Ravens are sitting back and saying, look what we got. Roquan Smith acquired from Chicago in a trade yesterday. The Ravens sending a second and a fifth in this year's uh, draft to uh, Chicago for Smith, who leads the NFL with 83 tackles this year. In fact, since he came in the league in 2018, only Bobby Wagner has more tackles and only Aaron Donald has more run stuffs. Again, he leads the league in tackles this year as the only player with multiple sacks and multiple interceptions. So, you know, it's interesting, Dan Graziano, going all the way back to the beginning of this hour when we talked about the Bengals and the Browns last night, you said your reaction to all this was no one had a better day than the Ravens, and this obviously was the key to that. No question. It's a player they've had their eye on back in August when there was noise about him possibly being traded. This was the team we were watching most closely. They think he can unlock a lot of things for them on their defense. They're ecstatic to have him. RG3, you know this team well. You know this, and you know the the mentality around this defense. I've heard it particularly from Rex Ryan. It still offends him. He hasn't been in Baltimore in 20 years, (laughs) and it still offends him personally to see the way they play defense. What can Roquan Smith do for that? Yeah, well, the Ravens weren't playing Ravens defense, so they went and got a player who plays like a Raven in Roquan Smith. This guy is all over the field, leads the NFL in tackles. I talked to people inside the building, and they said, listen, we we had a weakness at the linebacker position, so we went and got one of the best players in the league at the position. They're excited. They're getting healthier. They got reinforcements coming with Tyus Bowser and David Ojabo at the pass rushes, as pass rushers. And Lamar Jackson seems to have found back his stride that he was in earlier in the year. The Ravens are a really Super Bowl-continued team going into the Well, that was going to be my question to you, Jeff. Is it feels right now like the AFC is Buffalo and then everybody else? We know Kansas City sort of feels like they're at the front of that everybody else. Is Baltimore a team you could see disrupting 
the top of the AFC. Yeah, yeah th this move is going to be substantial for them. He's a sideline to sideline guy, but here's the other part. Pass rushing, when they put him in blitzes, this guy can get home and he can put pressure on you. He is a three-down guy. This is a massive upgrade for them at that yeah. position. Do you think that, that this, this is a team you sort of just touched on it? How about Lamar? How about what you've seen from him? Do you feel like he's ready right now to take this thing? We're talking Josh Allen. We're yep. talking Patrick Mahomes. Lamar wants to be in that category. He has played in that category. Is he ready to go head-to-head -head with those guys? 100% he is. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they got Gus Edwards back, which we call him Gus the Bus down in, in Baltimore. That was huge for them. They found out, hey, Mark Andrews isn't there. We got Isaiah Likely. He can go out there and make plays for us. They don't need a true number one wide receiver, but they've also got Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Jackson. there at the receiver position with with uh, the other guys that are down, yeah, that's going to really healthy, help. That's well. Rashad Bateman with another injury. He's had a lot of problems with that, but if healthy, the Ravens look like a dangerous team. Okay, so it's a huge day in the NFL, and obviously, tick, 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 we have Shefty coming up here. We'll let you know any moves that get made between now and the trade deadline. In the meantime, it is the biggest day so far of the college football season. First off, this weekend, you got Notre Dame hosting Clemson. The Tigers have won 14 straight. That's the longest active winning streak in the country. They can clinch the Atlantic with a loss by Syracuse, who plays at Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, you got Bama and LSU. They meet as ranked opponents for the 30th time. The winner will not clinch a spot in the SEC championship game, but will definitely have the inside track. And then, of course, the biggest game of the week, maybe the biggest game of the year so far, number one Georgia, number two Tennessee. The winner won't quite clinch the SEC East, but they would have to lose twice to miss out on the championship game. So absolutely everything is at stake. And we say number one and number two because those are the AP rankings. But as of tonight, all that changes. Heather and Paul are ready to go because tonight we will get the first rankings from the college football playoff committee. So, Heather, I will start with you. If you were making the picks, what would be the four tonight? Green, my top four right now, number one, Ohio State, number two, Georgia, number three, Tennessee, great win over Kentucky, and number four, Michigan. I love what they're doing with their running game with Blake Corum. So two from the Big Ten and two from the SEC. How about you, Paul? If it was your four, who would they be? Yeah, I, I would go the same way. Uh, and having said that, Greeny, I don't think uh, either one of us are going to be uh, the same as the committee tonight. Uh, Heather... Uh, and I, I, I'll speak for her since I talked to her yesterday. I think we both think Tennessee could end up number one. Well, so take this there. What, what do you expect from the committee? Paul, I'll start with you. What do you expect from the committee tonight, and what does it mean? Well, I think I think the committee will go with Tennessee for this reason. They have the best win in the country. That speaks for itself with the win two weeks ago in Knoxville over Alabama. And, and after that, I think you could mix it up any way you want. Uh, Ohio State. To me, it looks like the most complete team, as we said a minute ago. But you, you never know what this committee is going to do. Sometimes they value strength of schedule. Sometimes it's the eye test. Whatever they do, it's not going to matter for this reason, Greeny, because the winner of Tennessee Georgia Saturday will be number one next week. How about it, Heather? What are the things that you're looking for tonight? So as the fans get set to watch the first rankings tonight, and we just heard Paul say what you and he expect the top four to be tonight. What are the things that are significant? What should the fans be waiting to see because it will be important as we go down the road? Well, the biggest debate is going to be about number one. Then the debate is going to be about number four because you have a case for Michigan, Clemson, TCU is undefeated. Nobody's talking about them. And my biggest question is, what is the selection committee going to do with undefeated Clemson? Because they could have three wins against the committee's top 25 teams. NC State, Wake Forest, 
and Syracuse. But wins against Syracuse and Wake Forest were devalued on Saturday when both of those teams lost. And Clemson, of all of these teams we're talking about that are still undefeated, has won in the most unconvincing fashion. Remember, they need to double overtime to beat a Wake Forest team that just turned it over eight times in a mm. loss to Louisville. So who is ranked behind one-loss Alabama? Are there undefeated teams ranked behind a one-loss Bama or even a one-loss Georgia? That, to me, could be very interesting. All right, in the meantime, let's get to the big game this weekend. Tennessee, Georgia, the biggest game of the season so far. Heather, I'll start with you. What's at stake here? Which of these teams can better afford to lose this game and still make it to the playoff? A spot in the playoff is at stake, and Georgia needs the win more than Tennessee. I say that because if Tennessee doesn't win and Alabama wins the SEC, they're sitting there with one loss saying, hey, we beat the SEC champs. And if Tennessee wins and they play Bama and they lose, Alabama and Tennessee are in this thing. To me, that's a no-brainer that if Tennessee splits with the tide, they're still in regardless. Georgia has to win this game because I think if they lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game, they're still in. We've seen this movie before. If they lose to Tennessee, they've got to pray. They need a hope and a prayer because that's when you're talking about the possibility of three SEC teams. And what do you expect to happen, Paul? The monster game Saturday in Athens, what do you expect to see? Well, I'm really interested in, in what the Georgia defense can do against Hendon Hooker. We saw what happened against Alabama. He, he, he threaded them. I mean, he, he just absolutely trashed uh, an elite defense for five, for five touchdowns to hide. He, he blew them up uh, all day long. Georgia, I think, has a better defense. They're not as elite as last year. When that may have been one of the best defenses we've ever seen. But, but I still think Georgia is a, is a notch above Alabama defensively, and that's where this game will be won or lost. All right, so it's a wonderful moment here in college football in so many ways with the rankings tonight, the big games. But we do have to also react to what has been, without question, the worst moment of the college football season so far. The ugly scene over the weekend when four Michigan State players were seen roughing up two Michigan players in the tunnel after the game on Saturday. Jim Harbaugh spoke yesterday about the incident and with great passion. Here's what he said. What happened in the tunnel was egregious, uh, sickening to watch the videos. Uh, there needs to be accountability. There needs to be a full thorough, timely investigation. I can't imagine that this will not result in criminal charges. The videos are, uh, are, uh, are bad. An apology will not get the job done in this instance. Uh, there should be serious consequences uh, for the, the many individuals that are culpable. It's just obviously the last thing in the world anyone wants to see in a college football environment or anywhere else. And with Paul and Heather with us, I wanted to bring RG3 in as well because you cover the college game for us and obviously are a legendary player yourself. Just as you saw the video right. and as you hear what the coach said, what is your reaction to the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, listen, college football, the game that we love so dearly, uh, what happened in that tunnel was disgraceful. Uh, at the end of the day, if you want to go out and dominate your opponent, you do it on the football field. Once the game is over, all of that stuff has to subside. So I understand the, the frustration and the anger from, from Coach Harbaugh. I understand the frustration and the anger from the, the Michigan fans. Something like this should never happen. And I know, you know, part of this could be us making it, you know, okay when Aaron Donald took, his helm, took the helmet from a, a Bengals player and used it as a weapon uh, at that practice. That 
maybe we should have handled that a little bit differently mm -hmm. in, in our approach because now there's players out there who see that and think, hey, maybe this is okay. Um, I was disgusted by what I saw. Uh, it made me feel like college football was really set back because of what we saw happen in that tunnel. Paul, Paul, what are your thoughts on it, and what sorts of things are you hearing from the many college football fans who call into your radio show? Well, I, I give Coach Harbaugh enormous credit for, for showing grace under pressure because I think a lot of, po a lot of people would have just lost their minds, but, but he understands Greeny, what's at stake here? And there's more than just apologies. Uh, there, there, there's a criminal element to this. And, and I think he, he said it, and I, and I think most people agree that criminal charges could very well be filed here. What really bothered me is this, the, these blanket apologies that Michigan, off, Michigan State offered from the, from the president down to the head coach and athletic director. I mean, that's, that's garbage. Uh, you, you just can't issue a statement. Uh, much more needs to be done. And so far, I haven't seen very much that meets that standard. Heather, I'll give you the final word here. What sorts of things are you hearing from the people you talk to, and what should we expect the next steps to be? Well, my question, Greeny, is why was there one Michigan player in that position to begin with? And I have questions about the protocol and the exit policy, and should there be a wider look at how these teams are exiting the field? Are there anything that they can do to help prevent those kinds of incidents from happening from the future? Um, I'm hoping to grab Michigan's athletic director, Ward Manuel, because he's upstairs in the selection committee meeting room. So I'll keep you posted if he has any further comment on it. Right, very good. Yeah, I saw his initial statements here, but hearing from him today, uh, certainly would be interesting. Guys, thank you very much. Paul and Heather, outstanding. Uh, again, it's a, it is a, such a fascinating day in college football and such a terrible shame that we have this to deal with as well. Because, again, tonight is the exclusive reveal of the first college football playoff top 25 rankings. We do expect to see Michigan's name there amongst the four. Perhaps recent company will break it all down top to bottom. We'll have live reaction from the coaches as well. 7 Eastern tonight on ESPN and the ESPN app. All right, coming up, is there anyone out there looking to help a legend? Because Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers need you. Will they get that assistance before the deadline today? We'll answer that question next. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Come on.